0: It's Two Brain Radio. Every week, we'll deliver top shelf tactics to help you improve your fitness business and move you closer to wealth. And now, here's your host, the most interesting man in fitness, Chris Cooper.
1: This episode is brought to you by Two Brain Seminars. I've been doing seminars for about five years, and my focus has really changed. Starting back in Fort Lauderdale, you know, a long time ago, I was just trying to deliver everything that I possibly knew in like a three-hour window. And now that I know a lot more about cognitive load and memory and how you can actually process information, what I try and do now is create a really comprehensive one-day experience. This year, we're going to be starting on April 16th down at CrossFit Steel Creek in Charlotte. Hope you can join us. We're going to go 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. with a breakfast the next day because the point here now is really to spur discussion. If you've read my books, If you've heard me at seminars before, you've heard a lot of content and usually what happens is people go home from these seminars and they're so overwhelmed with information that they're paralyzed. They fail to take action. There's just too much. And so the point of a seminar now is really to get you a solid foundation, get you moving in the right direction and get you some traction so that you can start progressing toward a better gym. One seminar, one weekend, even if it's a week long, is not going to fix your gym. What it is going to do, though, is be a catalyst for change, and the next step is going to be a program like Ramp Up, our mentoring program, or it might be continuation through our Silver Monthly Call program. Whatever that is, the point is that I want to get you inspired, motivated, and moving in the right direction as fast as I possibly can. At this seminar in Charlotte, there's already about 25 different gym owners signed up, you're going to participate in some group collaboration. I'm going to talk for several hours. We're going to get some brainstorming going, and this should be the kickoff to the start of a new gym for you, the start of a new life. This could be the turning point. Sign up online at twobrainbusinesscom seminars. This podcast is also brought to you by the Spinal Fit Seminar. April 2nd, we're going to be down in Georgia for Dr. Philip Carlisle's introduction to the spinal basics, how to warm people up how to coach people who have a spinal challenge, how to work together with chiropractors, and how to especially service people who are elderly or have had maybe a history of injury in the past. This is a great way to broaden your clientele. It's a great way to learn more about treating high-level athletes or people who maybe have an injury, or maybe it's just to help people who have never really moved before but need to get that kind of mobility going before they can really move toward fitness. This is going to be a great class by a very passionate ex-marine and now chiropractor. Philip is a very enthusiastic speaker. We're going to be doing a lot of hands-on stuff that you wouldn't normally get in uh, like a CrossFit or a, a fitness certification at all. Sign up. The course is also at twobrainbusiness.com slash seminars. Today's guest is Shannon Garcia of Adamant CrossFit. I asked Shannon to come on and tell her story about raising rates because Like a lot of affiliate owners, she started out with a gym that should have been profitable. You know, with 70 people paying attention to every single thing that you say and showing up every day and doing everything you tell them to do, you should be able to make a good living at this. Shannon bought this gym and it was in distress. Um, The books were running in the red. People were getting these crazy discounts for almost no reason. Other people were paying rates that they had been paying uh, from the previous owner's garage, which was about half of what the current rate should have been. And so when Shannon and I worked through the perfect day exercise and we worked backward to figure out what people should actually be paying for her service, we discovered this massive discrepancy. And we knew that before we went on and put new people in the gym, started working on retention strategies, we really had to correct this problem first. And Shannon's going to share her story with you. Over the years, because I've screwed up so many times, I've found it necessary to get really good at diplomacy, to explain to my clients like why I did it wrong in the first place and why I was changing things now, why policies had to be upgraded. And when you do this a lot, because I screw up a lot, you get pretty uh, adept at learning how to put together an email that explains your position and doesn't cause people to go running for the hills. I've got a template of that email and Shannon's going to describe the process of raising the rates. You can use this email. You can take the template. You can, you know, it's generalized, but you can apply it to your gym if you want to. My own mentoring clients walk through this step by step. And over the last three months, I've gone through this with seven different gyms. The results have been really dramatic. In every case, the owner was really, really nervous about rolling out this price rate. And they thought like, okay, everybody's going to quit. And uh, I'm going to start losing money. And I'm going to go bankrupt. But what really happened was that they would lose maybe one or two clients who probably didn't fit into the profile of their ideal client anyway. Uh, some of the higher value clients actually got back to them and thanked them for their dedication to improving the gym. And in some cases where people were averse to change, they actually rejoined the gym later. So I'm confident in saying that in cases now where we have to raise rates, We're pretty good at doing that. Does that mean I can calm your fears entirely? Absolutely not. When I'm walking through this with a gym owner now, I'm usually on call for the entire weekend and I'm usually shooting them texts, you know, um, at 7 a.m. How did it go yesterday? How many have quit so far? We take the stoic approach to this. Shannon's going to talk about that a little bit. Um, We calculate how many members we can afford to lose and still be making the same money with the rate increase. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, the owner's the one who pulls the trigger, and I'm standing there for support. So I want you to hear how it's done through the owner's perspective. Shannon Garcia, welcome to Two Brain Radio. Thanks, Chris. So Shannon, I, what I want to start with is the story of you buying this box, at CrossFit.
0: Sure. Um, so I was, I'd been at the gym as a, as a coach for about two years and then a member for about a year before that. Uh, and then prior to that or, or during that time, I was, uh, an executive director at, at a YMCA. So kind of already had a, a background in fitness and did a lot of endurance coaching. And then, uh, just kind of, I guess like a lot of people, found my way to, to CrossFit and fell in love with it pretty quickly and, and really started coaching as a way to, to do some of my endurance training. Um, got into CrossFit endurance and, and, uh, really started Started coaching so that I could train from the gym and work on a cross endurance program, and then just kind of from there became I started coaching regular classes, and and then with my background, I think at the Y, I began kind of start helping out with with some of the the membership, um, you know, retention and membership and things like that, and and at some point the the current owner or the previous owner. He had an opportunity to go to California and kind of pursue some some of his weightlifting dreams or goals. Um, so he left, and or he decided to leave. Wanted to leave, and the opportunity came up for me to to step in and run the gym. And um, and it was a chance. I kind of saw it as a chance to to see where my own business might go, and um, see how I liked running the gym. And within a few months, he pretty much decided he wanted to to sell the gym and. For me, it was, it was something I was always interested in, and it just was too good of an opportunity to pass up. Since I'd, I'd already been here, I knew the members. I was already running it, uh, so it's just a perfect opportunity to to jump in and buy the gym.
1: And before you did, I can remember some of our first calls. You kind of had an inkling that the pricing was different for different members, or you know, the systems were kind of all over the place. What did you discover when you took over?
0: Uh, and yeah, since I was running it for a little while, I pretty much, I kind of, kind of knew the situation, and even before I was running it, kind of had an idea. Um, Even as a coach, we really didn't have, you know, any systems at all. Um, Great members, of course, probably, situation in a lot of gyms, and great members and great coaches, and great programming a lot of times, but we just didn't have any systems at all. And I think once I, once I bought it, or even before I bought it, really realized that, the just the rates were all over the place, so we had our our unlimited rate wasn't necessarily a bad rate, but there was maybe two members that were paying, it and everybody else was all over the board anywhere from sixty dollars a month up to to one thirty and so there was an everybody there was a discount for everybody um, and so there was really no consistency to it. And, and so the rates were probably obviously one of the bigger problems. There weren't really any other systems or anything uh, in place as far as, well, anything, membership or retention or coaching or any of that.
1: You said there were discounts for everything. Um, give us some examples.
0: So like we have a, a big company nearby, so everybody at that, that worked at that company got like a $50 a month discount. Um, we had, gosh, teachers, nurses, um, you know, military, veterans, first responders, police, fire, and then that somehow had turned into like people who worked for the city or, uh, so any version of, of, uh, public service, I guess. Um, and then just kind of those, those situations that come up where somebody comes in and they say they want to join, but they can't afford it, and, or somebody has a situation that comes up kind of life situation and and so it was all done with the best of intentions and in helping people out but there was all kinds of discounts too because someone said they couldn't pay for it um we actually even had a a couple that was sharing a three like three times a week membership because they had it so so she came once and he came twice and so they were actually sharing one membership
1: wow and were these all written down anywhere
0: the most part they were um i mean we had front desk so for the most part it was but a lot of it had to be uh, like you'd have a membership sold to one person but it covered two and so some of it kind of had to be all deciphered (laughs) even through asking some awkward questions of people (laughs) why do you have this discount
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) walk me through one of those conversations
0: uh, I mean, there's a couple people I had found out that that a lot were getting set up at the discounted rate, and, and most people I knew really well, but there were some that I was like, I don't think that they're a teacher, I mean, not that I know of, or I have no idea, I know they're not a veteran, so I just kind of, as I started to go through the rate change process, would ask, actually just asked a couple of them, like, so, what got you at this rate? Are you a teacher? And then some of them even, I had one lady that my husband's a teacher and then they just kind of, oh, I don't know, that's just the rate that I was given. I didn't know there was any other rate.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. So you knew that you had kind of this, this big tangled knot to untie, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And I think a lot of affiliates are actually in this position. They know, Oh, we've gone down the wrong road. Um, they've used these to incentivize people to join, and now they realize that if they had all these people but didn't have the discounts, they'd be doing great, right? Right. How much of a a difference did you know it was going to make uh, when you took away everybody's discount?
0: I I knew it would be huge. Um, Just looking at the the difference and really the number of people that were paying... You know, like $50 less or even up to half of what the membership rate was. I mean, it would make a huge difference just in the ability to, to go from just kind of barely making it each month to, to being able to, and not even just for myself being able to do things, but to be able to buy, you know, buy equipment pay coaches and have more professional coaches and be able to, to uh, replace equipment as it broke or just do things for the gym that, uh, that we really weren't able to do in the past.
1: Okay, and how many members are we talking about on the day you took over?
0: We had approximately 70.
1: Okay, so I think we're going to let people extrapolate the math out from there. So um, you know, as we're having this conversation, you decided... Now is the time to do it. Why now? Um,
0: Really, I think, I I mean, I knew I needed to do it, but I originally thought that I would wait a while because I kind of had it in my head that I needed to, to, I guess, build up some rapport, even even though I had, I was already running the gym, but in my head, I think I thought I needed to be the owner for a little while and kind of build some things up and give it some time and then raise rates, but through talking with you and uh, and going through the mentoring program I I then or you helped me realize that it was something that needed to be done sooner rather than later and and I also think that once you start seeing those numbers every all the time or at least every month or you know, every day sometimes it, it kind of starts to it just kind of sticks with you and so there are certain people that would come in that I knew that they were paying. $60 a month or something and I realized it, it just bothered me and then they would sometimes those people might have been some of the needier people that were always asking for something extra and I was feeling like, almost like I had some kind of resentment towards <laughs> towards some of those people so I realized this is just something that needs to be to be done for the, the good of the gym and the good of me as an owner and, and fairness to everybody else So so we decided that it needed to be done pretty quickly.
1: Okay, great. And I, I think uh, you handled it better than I would. I would be so distracted knowing that, you know, the person on platform three is paying half what the person on platform two is getting. Uh, I would really struggle to give equal coaching or equal service to everybody.
0: Yeah, I think it is. It is hard. And once you know that, then it's just, it's always there and, and you try not to treat anybody differently, but then it's, like I said it's always there, and then somebody wants something extra or something, something special, and then it, it would bother me even more. That well, how can you ask that if you're not even paying the full rate? I think it also as I when I first took over, we had some events come up and things like that, and so we had an open house that I was planning, and and I actually I realized at one point that everybody, some awesome members and people showed up to to help out and help get the gym nice for the open house and everything. And I realized that none of the people that had ever showed up to help or offered were any of the people that were giving discounts. And so it kind of, that really stuck with me too, that it wasn't even maybe something that was recognized. It was just because it was already there, it was always there, they felt entitled to that.
1: That's very interesting. Okay. So, you know, the logical part of your brain says, yep, now's the time we got to do this. Uh, But still... Any affiliate owner going through this is going to be scared, were you?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, uh, and you kind of helped me go through thinking about what would be the worst case scenario, but even the, the night before I, the day before I sent out the, the email, the thing in my head I was thinking, what if 20, 30 members left tomorrow? Or, you know, what if everybody was mad and, and, uh, and I lost a whole bunch of members, then what would I do? And so, yeah, I was definitely, Scared that one, it was maybe it was too early, or that that I would get a, a terrible response to it, or people would be really upset.
1: Okay, so Shannon, you were the first client to go through uh, our new process of doing this, and you know I had done it with several others before, but um, this was the first time that we went step by step through it really closely together. And the first step, as you mentioned, was. Calculating the worst case scenario, right? Can you just kind of tell us how that's done?
0: Sure. I think there's just really sitting down and thinking about if you know, who are who are, what members would for sure leave, or did I think there were members that would for sure leave, and were there any that I kind of had a question about? And uh, and when I really sat down and looked at, there really weren't very many that I could say, yeah, I think they might leave, uh, and then then just kind of thinking about it. I think you even said to me what would you do if, if 20 people left I said, well I guess I'd find 20 new members <laughs> so seeing that that even if I did lose members it wasn't going to be the end of the world and also then actually breaking it down you know, on paper and looking at okay there's maybe a handful of people that I can see that will have a question or an issue with this mm-hmm. and they were some of the very lowest paying members and then looking at it like the increase for the other members is going to more than make up for that or I would only need one member to to make up for two of these if I even did lose them.
1: So, so the math helped, obviously. Um, yes. Okay, and then the next strategy that we used was uh, a combination of like a blog post and then an individualized email to kind of the worst offenders, right? Can you kind of tell us about that?
0: Right. Sure. We did, uh, and, and we decided I think to do it a little bit differently rather than – because we weren't just raising rates by, you know, $5 or $10 for everybody. So we did an email that went out to – or a blog post that went out to all the members. Uh, and that that email um, – a blog post – we took it from the standpoint of this is a family um, – And we believe, or I believe, in fairness. And so, and then transparency. So I'm going to share with you kind of where we're at as far as membership rates. And that we do have, you know, we don't have consistency. And a lot of people are paying less. And we have some people paying, you know, a lot less than others. So we need to bring everybody up to the same same level. Uh, And we also... I kept it really positive and that I was excited for all the things that were coming up and we had our open house and we had all kinds of new programs we were getting ready to launch and so really kept it positive and and approached it from the standpoint of us all being a family and this is just something we needed to do to make it fair for everybody and and um, that I was excited to see the community grow and and go on from this point.
1: Okay. And describe the individual emails to uh, kind of the worst offenders, too.
0: So that one, and I did, I sent that one out, the other blog posts went out first, and then it said that, you know, if you were somebody who this would affect, you would get an individual email. So those emails then went out, and uh, that's kind of the same, similar, uh, came from a similar point, I guess, of just being positive and all the things that I was excited about, and, uh, and it shared with them since joining, this is the discount you've been receiving, and we, we put it in terms of this is what you've the discount you've gotten per year, or over the course of the year, so it's like $600 a year discount, which obviously sounds a lot worse, or a lot more than saying $30 or $40 a month, and so we'd like to ensure the, the best possible experience, and then during gym, this is what your rate will go up to, uh, and that this is the unlimited rate for all members. And then took it, and I did have some people that had asked about rate increases, so we we then said, "Well, um, we've already had some people ask about this, but if it was a surprise to you, you can prepay for up to two months at your current rate if you pay, pay by this time and um, and so gave them the opportunity to stay at their current rate for a couple of months, so it wasn't such a big a big hit for some of them.
1: only if they prepaid, right?
0: Yes, yeah. only if they prepay.
1: Okay, so um, it's zero hour, you know, it's uh, getting close to the weekend, you send these things out, what's going on in your head?
0: I Basically, still thinking, hey, okay, everybody's going to be upset, I'm going I'm to end up hearing from all these angry members, and what if a bunch of them leave, and just, I really thought that I'd hear from a lot of people, and that you know, a lot of them would be upset. Um, or I was afraid of that.
1: And what happened? Let's let's hear the uh, the ending now.
0: It really was a uh, um, a lot quieter than I than I ever expected it to be. There were certainly, and because I had given people the option to to prepay, I did hear from a lot of the ones that were at the very lowest rates. But the response really was extremely positive. There were very few tough conversations that I had to have and I actually, a lot of the good came out of it um,
1: What was the worst reaction that you got?
0: It wasn't even, there really wasn't too many bad reactions um, I had a couple of people that, that just said this is, probably isn't something that I'm going to be able to do. Even the people that weren't happy with it really had said, I understand and And I know that this is probably the best, you know, you have to run a business and I understand your decision, um, but it just may not work out for me. And that was only a couple of people that were at the very, very lowest rate. Um, Other than that, I had gotten some just surprisingly supportive and great responses from people.
1: Can you share one of those with us?
0: Sure. I mean, I actually. I even. I had somebody offer to to say that they'd be interested in investing in the gym at some point. Um, I had someone that just emailed and said, you know, you're you're doing such great things and um, love the gym. Somebody who was uh, a college athlete and had just gotten into CrossFit and you know, fell in love with it and felt like it was a way to replace what she was missing in being a college athlete. And um, and then I had another member. I actually, I heard from a few people at the beginning of the day, and then it just was quiet, and so there were a couple people that I know pretty well, and I even, I know that some of them have Facebook groups and things like that, so I even kind of asked someone in the middle of the day, "Does anybody send me an email? Said, no, not at all, and so by the evening, by the time, and I coached all the classes that day, so I would be here all day, and by evening, it seemed like everybody was fine, and classes were great, and everybody was in a good mood, and so I actually started to think, maybe somebody didn't get there, or maybe people didn't even get the email, and maybe there was, <laughs> there was an issue with it, so one of the members that, that I had raised, he was from the company down the street, so his went up by like $50, and I actually I had a second to pull him aside as he was leaving, and I said, did you get an email for me today? And he said, oh yeah, that's that's no problem, I totally understand, if I if I was at a regular gym or at a YMCA or something like that, I'd have to pay for personal training to get the same thing I'm getting here. And that would be way more expensive. So you know, I was surprised I was getting such a low rate anyway. And it's no big deal. So that's why I didn't say anything. And so from there, it just kind of, the day went on and nobody really said very much. And I had a few other people email and say, appreciate it. And, and, um, glad to know that everybody is going to be paying the same thing that I am from here on out. And, um, you know, I had somebody say, it really shows that you care about the longevity of the gym and that you're in it for the long haul and that you want to see the gym succeed. And so, yeah, it almost was a positive experience rather than what could have been or what I thought could have been very negative.
1: That's fantastic. Why do you think... Uh, you believed it would be so negative because I think there are a lot of gym owners in this boat who can learn from this.
0: Yeah, I think even in the approach to the email, as was approaching it from we're all one big family that that, that is the way that the majority of our, our gyms operate and, and so it's not huge. I had 70 members not, you know, when I was at the YMCA I had 12,000 members so I didn't know everybody by name and if we raise rates we could send out a letter and I may or may not ever see that person. But you see people on a daily basis and you know their, you know, their kids and their families and their life story and uh, and they may even be friends. And so I think it, it feels harder to let you're doing something that's hurting your friend or a family member or something like that. And I think you don't want to especially as a new owner, I didn't want to come across that all I care about is money or I'm just coming in and trying to, you know, make everybody pay more and and that was my main focus and so I just really didn't want it to come across the wrong way. Uh-huh.
1: Did you get any feedback that indicated people did think that?
0: No, not at all and I, I think that, so I think that it helped that, we had an open house coming up, and we'd already decided on the open. So it was it was helpful to have a lot of new things that I was introducing and things that hadn't happened at all in the past. So I think it made that transition a little smoother where people, where people saw there's value to my membership and I'm getting something out of this, and, and it's really worth um, the money that I'm paying. And I think the issue of fairness really helped, too, where... It is hard, I think, to say, well, I deserve a discount and you know, the person next to me doesn't.
1: Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I think that's probably a powerful emotional cue, too. So, Shannon, you and I are going to do everything that we can to help other people uh, raise their rates if they need it. Uh, first, I'm going to share a blank template of like the same general blog post that we shared. Uh, and I know that I often recommend members of the 2Brain group reach out to you uh, just, you know, for support, even though they're going through the, the same process with the same strategy. But for people who are listening who are not members of the mentoring group, who don't have access to this kind of stuff, like what advice would you give them?
0: And I think, if, especially if you have rates that are, that are all across the board, or you just know that you're, you're not charging enough to for what the value of your services are or really to cover you know to be able to do the things that you want to do in your gym, that, that it is the right thing to do. And, um, I think that when you offer something of value, then people, people are willing to pay for it. Um, and in doing that, especially in the situation that we had just in creating that consistency, that one, you'll feel so much better. So <laughs> I think at least by the end of that day, um, or as a couple of days went on after that, I really felt, I didn't have that same feeling of, you, know, you come in and you feel that resentment or, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but you just kind of feel bothered by knowing that you have people that are not paying what they should be. Um and then from then on I've, I've had members come back, had quite a few members come back lately to rejoin and, and it's been nice to say this is the rate. And I've had a few of them kind of look at me waiting for me to say, Oh, and you get this discount and, or they've asked and said, well, I thought there was a discount for this and I've just said, well, there was, but there's not anymore. This is the rate. And and they've all, every one of them has paid it and nobody's really, really questioned it at all. So I think it's a lot easier than, uh, than you think that it's gonna be. And, and it's something that, if it's something that you know you need to do, it's better to just rip the it off, I guess, get it done and get it over with and be able to go on. Uh, but I, I do think approaching it from a positive standpoint and from uh, this is all the great things we're doing at the gym and you know, all the great programs we have coming up and we're excited for and from the family point of view um, and just being able to be confident in the reasons that you're doing it so that when people do have questions or concerns that you have a consistent answer and you're not. able to stick to it and not go back on that for, for any reason.
1: Do you find it easier now when somebody asks for a discount to say we don't we don't have discounts? Or was it easier before to say, well we give discounts to this group?
0: No, I think it's a lot easier now. It's just it's consistent and it is what it is. And I also feel like I think once you've gone through that then I feel like it would be after having said that to all my members it would be completely wrong of me to then give a discount to somebody else who walked in the door and and maybe hasn't been through that with all of us. So I think it gets a lot easier, uh, and and you feel a lot better about it. You know, I think before knowing that you, it almost felt like you were being forced to give somebody a discount, and you just didn't feel you didn't feel very good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I think it's much easier now.
1: Okay, Shannon, well, I think that your story is one of the most important ones that we're going to tell on this podcast um, so far. I think people are really going to want to reach out to you for support. Where can they reach you? Um,
0: Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Shannon Garcia. It's probably the best way.
1: Sounds great. Shannon, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, I know this hasn't been an easy process, but I'm so happy that you've come out of it the way that you have, even though I'm not surprised.
0: Thank you. Thank you for all your help. I, I know I would not have done it, or I at least wouldn't have done it as early if I hadn't been for, for going through the process with you. Next, it's Coach's Confessional, where Chris shares his biggest mistakes in the fitness business. Learn from his sins. Here's Chris again with another costly error.
1: One of the biggest errors that I've always made in my business is the error of projection. And this is actually a cognitive bias that we all have, but it's one that you have to learn to overcome if you're going to be a good business owner. Projection is taking your beliefs and um, your thoughts and your budget and projecting them onto somebody else. So for example, believing that none of your clients will want personal training because you don't want personal training. Or believing that if you have a rate hike, you know, as Shannon was talking about in this episode, that all your clients will quit because if you are the client, you think I would hate to hear that. In reality though, especially when you're starting out, a lot of your members are going to be making more than you are. And I hate to say it, but they can probably afford things that you can't, at least not yet. Now that i have on the other side of this and I make more than a lot of my members do, or at least, you know, the median... Uh, I can see the value in personal training because I need a flexible schedule. I can see the value of a gym owner needing to raise their rates. I understand. Um, I can see the value of other things, other premium services that gym owners sometimes are hesitant to sell. I get it. Money is not the primary force stopping me from doing things anymore. And so now um, I've become one of these higher value clients. I've become my own ideal client. At first, though, I thought that my clients were just like me. That's a major problem. Where else can this affect you? When you're deciding on your initial rates. Also, when you're deciding on your service. So, I like going to CrossFit group classes. I go to noon group at least three times a week, and I do Saturday morning lifting with some of my members during Open Gym. I love it. That doesn't mean that's what all of my members want, though. A lot more uh, gyms are now reporting that people want to do CrossFit, or they want to work out at their gyms, but they want to do it one-on-one. Or they want to book it as a private group of two or three people. You know, Maybe they want to work out with their spouse or their family, whatever. That's great. We have to be attuned to what people want. First off, some perspective. A great exercise if you want to see what people are interested in is to go down to your drugstore or the Walmart, look at the magazine rack, read the titles. These are the titles that all these media companies have researched put money into developing, and have found to be most effective? Is it what you want to read? Probably not. However, this is what your base clientele is probably reading right now. Second, you need to do the seed clients exercise. And I talked about this in the ideas episode way back, like episode 10, 11, or 12. You need to identify who your best clients are going to be a year from now. And I gave you ways to do this. There's a great tool that you can use too. You need to take these people for coffee and ask them what they want because there's a great chance that their primary benefit that they're getting at your gym might not be something that you're completely aware of. So let's go back to the noon group example. I love going to noon group because it feels like a pickup hockey game. It's a lot of fun. Some days I finish last. Some days I finish, you know, mediocre. Um, But I, I think it's a lot of fun. A lot of the clients of that group come for different reasons. You know, one guy comes because it's a stress relief. Another guy comes because he doesn't get off work until 3 a.m. That's the earliest group he can make. Uh, Somebody else comes because their mom is there. These are the questions that we need the answer to so that we can be um, using them in our marketing going forward. If 90% of the people in our noon group come because it's a great stress relief before they go back to work, that's the message we really need to be telling in our stories. Uh, Same thing with pricing. You know, same thing with location, same thing with showers, the way that we structure our business should reflect the clients that we want to get, not necessarily the mean average clientele in our market. One of the funniest things that was ever said to me behind the scenes at one of the seminars is, um, so this guy put up his hand and he said, uh, I can't raise my rates to over $90 per month because nobody in my town will pay that. And the other speaker said, why did you open a gym in that town? The closer you get your rates to a global gym, the more you're trying to fight a war on their turf. You're giving them the home field advantage. You can't win the price war. Anybody that's dealing with a high volume business, whether they've got 300 clients or 3000 clients, they're going to slaughter you in a price war. They're selling on more volume. They're going to have more volume than you'll ever have. Their equipment's not going to break down as quickly. Their clients don't require any coaching time. You're not going to have to get up, you know, 5 a.m., stay till 9 at night if you own a Globo gym, right? You have very low paid, very low qualified staff to do that for you. So you can charge really low rates. If you're on the other end of the spectrum and you provide a coaching service instead of an access service, you have to charge a coaching rate because you're not going to have 300 people come through the door today. You need to make a living off those 150 a lot of people have started out the wrong way, and this episode was put together to give you hope that it's not too late to change course, that you can correct things, that you don't need to shut down and start over, or sell your business, or go back to that call center to find a job. I hope that Shannon's story is inspiring, but I hope that it pushes you to take action. I hope that the tools that I've given you and the write up that I've provided in the show notes give you everything that you need to actually make a move forward. Because as gyms polarize, the best gyms are getting better and the worst gyms are getting worse. They're not going to last too much longer. I work with a lot of the best gyms right now in the industry on 2 And I'll tell you, they're starting to absorb other gyms. If you're listening to this podcast, I want you to be successful. I want you to be one of the backbone that keeps driving this movement forward. That's why I do this stuff. And I hope that's probably why you do it too. Have a fantastic week.